Laura, let's talk about investment strategies. Financial investments? No, no. An even bigger and more difficult investment strategy. That is the investment that you're going to make in your own children. That is so true because everyone has an opinion. But not everyone has an investment in how things are going to turn out in your family. Exactly. So we choose wisely a few voices that are invested in the outcome of our kids. And then we find parenting to be much easier. And today we just really want to encourage you that you are the most marketed to generation ever to walk the earth. You have more voices to navigate through than ever before. And we want to do what we can to make your investment have the best return. And that means the collective voices that you choose to let speak into your most intimate parenting decisions are ones of people that have an investment, not strangers. If we're invited into it, we consider it such a privilege, but you find a few voices that are very similar to yours, Lord. Did you have a few voices like that in your life? I did. And you were one of them. And it Yay. is so important that you find those two or three people that are like-minded to walk out this parenting journey with you. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Okay, today's topic, parenting truths. Listen. The truth? The truth. We're talking about the truth. It is not always pretty. <laughs> but you're pretty. Oh, thank you. I wish you could just see me right now. I have <laughs> mascara smeared all over my face. I have come to the end of a long day. And uh, sometimes it's okay just to admit like what my uh, great grandmother said when asked, what did you do with five kids? And I think I've said this before. She said, sometimes I went in the bathroom and cried. Oh. <laughs> so today, a big shout out to all the parents who needed to have that moment where you went in the bathroom and cried. Listen, we have eight kids. So it's no fluff day. The day none of the days are long and years are short stuff. This is real. I can remember those moments of just sheer joy and happiness and, you know, everybody's just so happy and life is so incredible, at least for that moment, right? But then I also remember, in fact, even today, those moments where you question if we can even make it one more minute. Yeah, I think we've all had those thoughts and we imagined that parenthood would be one way. And you just, there's no way you can be prepared for the amount of demands. And um, so today we just want you to know that we've felt those feelings. We still do. And we want to address some of those things. We want to call out from within all of us, some of those things that 
our mind says to us sometimes if we are left alone with our thoughts for five minutes after a most harrowing day where things didn't go right and the people didn't do what they were supposed to do, things didn't go according to plan, and you just feel like maybe there's not enough in you. And you know what, Jennifer? There were many days where there wasn't enough. I felt like I wasn't enough. And there are still days, like even 10 minutes ago, I was in the kitchen and I'm thinking, okay, wait, we've had a long day. You and I have been recording audible books for, I've lost track of how many hours we have. (laughs) Lots and lots of hours. (laughs) Which means we're away from the house. And, you know, so even 10 minutes ago, I'm looking around the kitchen and I'm thinking, okay, wait you know, I really need to empty the dishwasher and help get this laundry going. And man, my floors look horrible. And really the first thing I thought of was, oh, I hope nobody comes by my house today. Because they would see you in the midst of being a normal human being. But wait, wait, that's not the way that it's supposed to be, right? Nobody's really supposed to see our sink full of dishes and our hair piled up on on our on the top of our head and no makeup on, right? No. <laughs> the people that you love are supposed to see the humanity and reality of life. Yes, oh. we're not putting on a show for anybody. So I think we just pull back that curtain and we say, I know I should be smiling and enjoying every minute. No, we, this was not designed to be smiling and enjoying every minute, just like toddlers who get to experience all, we talk about this a lot, get to experience all the real emotions of being human, which includes, unfortunately, frustration and disappointment. And, you know, we all manage these emotions regularly. It's not just them. And so that is part of being human. And I let, you know, when I walk into a friend's house and it's not spick and span, I feel better about myself. (laughs) So thank you. Please keep your house dirty. (laughs) It is just normal. You know, know. one of the things that, that I often think about because, and I do, you know, it is hard to have that kind of look. It's okay for me to want to go and take a bath. And you know, Jennifer, I love my bath time. You do. but and I, can I almost remember. call you every time you're oh, in the yeah. bath. Always. I don't know, like the signal goes on, like a bat signal. <laughs> you. And you would throw the ball to your dog. So this is what Laura does in her bath. She has a ball and she would throw the ball from the bath and the dog would go get it and bring it back to her. And try to throw it in the bathtub and I would mm-hmm. catch it and throw the ball. And yes, and it's it's so much fun. But I'll, even then I'm thinking, wait, I just want to take a bath, you know, and But there are times that I can also remember that I just wanted to step outside and let my kids work out their issues, you know, Mm -hmm. whether or not it was the twins who were fighting once again. And I thought they might just kill each other. But they didn't. And they've gone on to live very successful lives. (laughs) But there were times. Let this be a message of hope. That's right. Step outside and let them work it out. Because sometimes I think we just have to know that that is okay. And sometimes we need somebody to tell us that those feelings are okay because, and the, and, and the statement, you said it earlier, the days are long and the years are short. That's a true statement. It really is. 
but it sure does sound kind of Pollyanna, <laughs> you know? And I'm yes. like, no, it's really hard. It is really hard today. Good parents have hard days. Good people have hard days. And there is a lot expected, a lot demanded. Maybe you just cried three times this morning. Maybe you're at home and you you know, yelled at your toddler in a way that you wish you hadn't, or, you know, you, there was some indication that you don't have it together as much as you hoped or wished that you would. And you're afraid that the neighbors are going to see that moment. Well, the neighbors are probably going to be happy because they also don't have it together. Um, but even Laura and I, we wrote the books. We have eight kids between us. And there were many days I remember being pregnant with the twins and having the worst morning sickness. And I watched another baby at the house. I had my older son. I had another person's child. And I literally was just on the floor on my face. Like, it's so nauseous. Like, how do human beings do this? And, um, And so if you're having those moments, we just want you to know that you're not alone and you're not a failure. And a parent who isn't perfect at every moment is a parent who is human, who is reflecting the real human experience. And you just have to be present and you love your kids. And you know that love covers a multitude of things, but it's bigger than our mistakes. And I am so thankful for that. And I think that, you know, when we can really stop and think, you know what? I do love my kids. I do have an incredible family. I love my job. I love my friends. Uh, And we have some good things to look towards uh, and look at. But it's okay to be right in the middle of the mess and feel those feelings that, you know, that we all feel and to question some of the things that we're doing, and it is normal. And that's really what I want families to know is that it's okay. It is okay to feel like you don't have it together. And it is okay for your kid to eat macaroni and cheese for the fifth time this week. And sometimes it's just a really great indicator when Sometimes life is overloaded with stuff we didn't plan. One of the things we have in the toddler book is this great priority worksheet for you to go through. It's just writing your top five priorities down and taking a minute to determine that. Sometimes you're like, oh, this, you know, do we have to go to 25 different birthday parties every year? Well, when our priorities are, you know, our immediate family, or we really have to travel further to make those relationships happen. But that's what's really important to us. Sometimes the tension is this indicator that we are not living according to the real things that are important to us, the real priorities that we had. So we do, we give you this little worksheet and you can do it now. It's just five things. Each of the parents fill out the top five things in order that they feel um, are the priorities of life. And then you combine those together. And that helps you to be able to live according to the things that are important. And oftentimes we don't, if we don't ever sit down and determine what they are. And so sometimes these really, you know, rough and horrible days are an indication that we need to know 
where we're going as a family. Because that that gives us permission to say yes to the things that we really Mm. want to say yes to and permission to say no. To the things. Permission to say no. Somebody listening today needs permission to say no. Laura and I, we give you permission. (laughs) We give you permission to say no. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't love the, you know, fifth cousin that's having the, you know, seventh birthday party. But sometimes we just need to know what those priorities are for our family. And having permission to say yes to the things we want to say yes to and no to the things that are going to pull us away from those things uh, is what we all need. I wish somebody would have told me that uh, years ago. I wish somebody would have said, you know what, it is okay to not go in 10 different directions at exactly the same time. We have permission to say no to to stuff um, and yes to the other things that really matter that helps to fill us up. And hopefully that will help you in those times where you feel like the world just has enormous expectations and all of us do. We all have those moments and we're so glad that you're here with us on this podcast that we can share these absolute true things um, that we go through even today. And we will we'll leave you with this. So we want you to know what is the truth. And the truth is we all feel these things. The truth is our kids will be okay because they have parents who love them. A parent who makes mistakes. And a parent who isn't perfect. And a parent who loves. And you know what that love covers? All the mistakes. You've got this. One of our favorite things to do is to answer your questions together. Nothing brings us more joy than giving advice and guidance, and most importantly, supporting new parents just like you. So don't be shy. If you have any question, anything at all, call us at 888-234-7979, and we will try to answer your questions on this podcast. Hi there, my name is Anna Lee. I'm from Wichita, Georgia. I have a three-month-old, and we have been breast and bottle feeding her, doing both back and forth. Whenever I'm breastfeeding, it seems to take her close to 30, sometimes even 40 minutes to finish a feed, and she definitely seems like she's hungry and wants to continue eating. And I know for the book, y'all recommend no longer than 20 minutes for a child that age. She is gaining weight, and the doctor said she's gaining about a half an ounce per day based on the charts, and they really would like her to be gaining an ounce per day. And so I stopped kind of cutting her off at that 15, 20-minute mark and just letting her continue to eat. And I just was wondering what y'all's thoughts were about that and if it's better if I add in an extra feeding and keep the feeds down to 15 or 20 minutes. And I just was wondering your advice. Thanks so much. Hey, Anna, thanks for calling in. So at three months of age, we typically see that those feedings decrease to about 20 minutes a session. But that's just a general guideline. Feeding up to about 30 minutes is perfectly fine. Double check that latch. Make sure that we're really feeding well on that first breast 
burp, then offer that second breast more as dessert. I also would encourage you to look at the ounces that she's taking when you offer those bottles. Make sure that if she's sucking those bottles dry, that we're also increasing the ounces that you're offering at that point. And Anna, it is so great. You are right in my neighborhood in that part of Georgia. So it's great to hear from you. And here's some other stuff that we can do just to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maintain your supply. We want you getting plenty of rest. So right at three months, read over the mom's on call, sleep three to six months chapter, and also drink plenty, plenty, plenty of water, get some good healthy fats in your diet. And we just want to let you know that you are doing a good job. Great parents worry about these kind of details. And we want you to take a deep breath and let you know we are on your side. And all this work that you've been going through to both breast and bottle feed, it is really paying off. Half an ounce, two an ounce a day. It's great. You're doing a great job. Hi, my name is Catherine. I'm from San Diego, California, and I have a 10-week-old daughter, and she loves herself a cat nap. She usually sleeps from about 30 to 45 minutes, and then I seem to try all the tricks to get her back to sleep for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, but it does not seem to be doing the trick right now. And then it seems like she's up for a really long time before her next nap. So I was wondering if you had any tricks to get those cat nappers to really elongate those naps. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Catherine, for calling in. So those naps, sometimes they're just wonky, but a few things we want to know and make sure that we understand. Naps, that normal nap sleep cycle is they should sleep 30 to 45 minutes, wake up and fuss for 10 to 20 and then doze again for 20 or 30 minutes. That's just normal. So a few things to look at. We want to make sure, Catherine, that we're swaddling correctly. Now, we only have another week or two of swaddling, and sometimes we will find that those naps actually get better once they make that transition out of the swaddle. But let's double-check that swaddle for now. Let's make sure that we're using the right sound machine, Following a consistent routine, you don't have to worry about every single nap, but focus on two naps a day where we really walk this nap scenario out. So for example, let's say we're on the 8 to 16 week routine. You feed at 1 p.m. She goes down for a nap somewhere between 2.15 and 2.30. She goes to sleep, she puts herself to sleep, and somewhere around that, oh, 3, 3.15 mark, guess what? She's up and waking up and making noises. What I want you to do is wait just a few minutes. Go in and jiggle, reposition, maybe try a passy, get back out for a few minutes, go back in. Once you've made it to 3.30, now we're 30 minutes from that next feed time, you can unswaddle and roll to her tummy for some supervised tummy time. Once you're within 15 minutes of that next feed time, get her up and go ahead and change your diaper and start that feeding. That is okay. But focus on two naps a day, double check those things, and hopefully you'll get a couple of longer naps soon enough. 
And nap times are different than nighttime. So the way that we handle those wakings at nap time, since you're awake anyways, is a little bit different in how we work to stretch that out at least two naps a day. And there are, there have been known, Laura, right? We have seen some babies that are more persistent catnappers. They just really are. But these are the things that we can put into place so that we're doing everything that's within our control. You know, we can control the environment and the schedule, but they actually have to do the sleeping. So keep up that great work. Hi, this is Danielle Curry. I have a four-month-old Owen who actually sleeps through the night. I did mom's on call with my first kiddo. She slept through the night in a month and a half. He started at two and a half months, so big fans of the process. One thing is we're having trouble with Owen's mid or daytime naps. He likes to be held till he passes out, and I reread the book about them being drowsy but still awake and uh, clearly forgot that. So trying to break that habit and just any opinions or advice on how to get him to fall asleep both at night and during the daytime nap faster. Thanks so much. Bye. Danielle, first of all, Owen is an awesome name. (laughs) We love that. And with the nap times, so yes, we say we'd like them to go to sleep slightly but pleasantly awake, even if the pleasantly doesn't last very long. And That means that sometimes when you fall asleep in the living room and then you wake up and you're kind of shocked that you're in the living, like this isn't where I usually sleep. They have some of those sensations as well. So we like for them to know where they are when they fall asleep. And it just kind of helps them not to startle as much at those regular twilight sleep times. So that's why we recommend these things. And then Laura's going to give you a few more tips of practical things that you can do with adorable Owen. So, Danielle, you know, at four months of age, they're just starting to really work those muscles and learn to roll over and find that comfy spot. And many times if we begin and listen, Danielle, we have all been there. We have created habits that were like, how did we get here? I have no idea. I would like to be held to sleep. Hello? (laughs) We've all been there. But you can create a new habit. So pick two times a day where you are putting down awake, even if he's not very happy about it, make sure that he's able to move around and roll and find that comfy spot, put him down when he's awake, crank up that sound machine and get out of the room and give him an opportunity at four months of age, two naps a day, that's all we're asking for, two nap opportunities to where you let him try to figure out how to put himself to sleep and how to get through that twilight sleep that will happen at about that 30 to 45 minute mark. So right sound machine, able to move around because he shouldn't be in that swaddle anymore. Consistent routine and pick two naps a day and do your best to let him work that out. And then the other times, on occasion, if you want to hold him until he falls asleep, that is also okay. We want to be able to get that time for you without you being trapped by that and without it being unsustainable in your life. So we're hoping that we can help teach him so that you can have that happy medium and the best of both worlds. No question is too silly. No question is too small. If there's something you want to ask us, please do. 888-234-7979. 
Trust us, we have heard it all. We like to end every single episode of this show with something that leaves you feeling good, puts a smile on your face, and gives you some faith and encouragement in humanity. We call this segment, The Good Stuff. Grandmother Willa Johnson created a catering company called The Soul Kitchen, and she uses all profits from this business to use that income and make meals for kids in the small town of Athens, Texas. The fact that Willa chooses to use her money to feed kids is not even the most amazing thing, although that is incredibly amazing. In order to feed those hundreds of kids in Athens, she leaves her home every weekday morning at 1 a.m., and drives over a hundred miles to Athens. And then in the wee hours of the morning, her and her daughter work in the kitchen to prepare all of these three course meals. In an area where a lot of these kids, especially in the summertime, would not have access to food. So Willa and her daughter creating these meals and making sure that all of these kids have three course meals, like three full meals, is just incredible. And you know what, Willa Johnson, you keep doing good things. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey. We appreciate you so much for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have people in your life who have small children or who are expecting kids of their own soon, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them, especially if it made you laugh, made you smile, or helped you learn something. We would love for you to tell them all about us. It's the number one way that people discover new podcasts. Thank you again for listening and have a great week.